Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit for plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. See T-Mobile.com. Hey everybody, welcome to the Fire Escape. Hey. Fire Escape. Fire Escape. This week. That one was a bit more sung. This yeah. Time. I, I liked was, it. It was uh, a little jollier. A, new nice, a nice touch that you're adding to it. I think every yeah. week it gets a little bit more refined. Uh, and eventually, it'll. I don't know, you, you might win something for it. <laughs> <laughs> win uh, yep. something. Yep, sure. Um, we are here today with Matt and Adam of Belladere. Bella Dare in the house. Bella Dare. Say hi, fellas. Hi, guys. Thanks for yes. having us. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, so we, uh, we're here meeting these fellas. Uh, at, we're actually recording from Lincoln Center. How you believe that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow, man. Well, it's backstage right. at the Lincoln Center. Oh, yeah. Well, in the, yeah, in the dressing rooms, I reckon. I guess that counts as backstage. Yeah, Does that count as backstage? Yeah, backstage. Yeah, we sure. backstage. Is, there is really no backstage here. Is that really? Because well, it, well, it's, that's true. It looks <laughs> out yeah. across Central Park. Oh, is yeah. Backstage is really just uh, the only person back there is the statue of Christopher Columbus. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. That's right. Peering ominously. Permanent backstage pass for <laughs> Christopher Columbus. He's so fortunate. Yeah. Um, mm. <laughs> hasn't he gotten enough already? You know what I mean? Belladere dudes. Um, so everybody listening, we um, were stoked that they come up here to New York. They are... Um, they're here tonight, Lincoln Center, playing with John Paul White. Um, but they have, uh, most excitingly of all, have released a record just this week, right? Um, called Tuscumbia. And uh, is that literally just released? I've just been listening to it on the Spotify's. Yeah, it came out Friday, so it's, yeah, uh, yeah man. we're sitting here on Wednesday. Hadn't even been a full week yet. Yeah. Congra- congratulations. How well, does it feel? You. Well, it's uh, it's a good feeling it's been we made the record almost three years ago exactly so wow uh you know you get i'm sure everybody goes through things where they have creative output or put a lot of work into something and you want to show people and get the gratification for it get out quickly the and then yeah. you put it away and a lot of other good things have happened in the, the interim but it's a, it's a strain. I mean, it's a very satisfying feeling for it to finally be out, but it's definitely a uh, maybe a different one than. The can you tell us record. a little bit? Can you tell us a little bit why it's taken um, three three whole long years to sure. make it so get into yeah, the world? Wanna, you want to weigh in? Yeah, uh, I mean, there's multiple reasons, really. Some uh, professional, some personal. Um, professionally, we we being myself, Adam, and our drummer Reed. Um, have spent time as a backing band for an artist, John Paul White, um, and also done some dates. The whole band have done some dates with Donnie Fritz. Um, so we've stayed busy with that um, professionally. And then personally, uh, mostly for me, I uh, my wife started graduate school um, mm. in 2016, um, and she spent her first year in Rome and she is now in Philadelphia. Um, so I spent a lot of that time when we were off from playing with John, um, either across the sea or um, now in Philadelphia. And um, probably, you know, taking care of house and home because he was obviously so busy studying as well. Yeah, as, yeah that as well. So, um, <laughs> you know, we're just, we were also just looking for an opening. I mean, John had a record out. He was touring a decent amount, so we were staying busy with that. Um, so he, he's calmed down a little bit um, and wants to start working on a new record. So it was it was a good window, it seemed like, for everyone to, to finally get it out into the world. It's a good problem normally, to have. Yeah, yeah not a bad problem. A bit, do you normally take a certain amount of time, you know, sort of letting things sit in terms of music, you know, in terms of the mixing and um, the engineering of an album? Do you like to sort of uh, do that sort of work and then come back to it, you know, leave a bit of time and then return to it before you um, get, you know, with fresh ears, so to speak? Mm, no, nah, I think I'd rather just do it. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> Charge right through. I love it. Uh, I mean, with this record, for instance, we recorded it in February. It was mixed in March, and it was done, and it was mastered in May. So it was very bang, bang, quick um, yeah. process. And, and then, you know, obviously, we just went through the whole spill about how we sat on it. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, making a record, to me, I would rather go into the studio for a week, record it, mix it in a few days, and, and you know, then you're kind of done with it at that point. Just get it out there. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was, uh, it was good. We did the record at Fame down in Muscle Shoals in February, like Matt said, and there was a little bit of a gap. Yeah, maybe a we month. To, yeah, so that's just enough time to, I wouldn't call them fresh ears, but a little removed. I kind of... Yeah. If I was left to my own devices, I would definitely take much longer. Mm. But as a band, especially when there's four, even five guys at times kind of contributing, there's enough voices going into it that we felt Yeah, like I think that's the difference, down. isn't it? Like solo creative work as opposed to working as a group is like the big, I think, you know, when you're working by yourself, I mean, I work totally. as a writer, it's just a nightmare because you end up just procrastinating forever right. <laughs> and then yeah, and then like, never wanting to show anything yeah. it because you know they might criticize it <laughs> you know? totally well speaking of adam i know me and you talked about this you know kind of multiple times throughout this you know gap between the recording and the release of the thing um but if you would tell us a little bit about um just because uh, you know kind of being like all of us are music nerds you know, the, the mixing and mastering process uh has some pretty good story to it. Yeah, well, we were, you know, being based in, we all live in Florence, but, you know, it's right across the river from Muscle Shoals, which has a pretty incredible history. Um, and that being a local fame, being a local yeah. room to go into, where it's still, you know, our drummer will say, you, you know, Reed puts his kit down and he starts playing. And I mean, that's, that's the sound. You put the mics yeah. around it, and that's where mm -hmm. all of those incredible tracks yeah, sure. were done. Uh, so, I mean, that was really special to to get to do that. It means a lot as an Alabamian. Yeah. To get, there's a point of pride there. Yeah, it's like, that's dream status. I mean, you grew up playing you know, music as a kid in Alabama. To record at Fame is, yeah. you know, it's a pretty I mean, legendary just to be spot. Recording a, just to be recording at Muscle Shoals full stop, I mean, I can speak as just a human from the rest of the world <laughs> you know? yeah right. i'd be like to have like recorded a record in muscle shoals it's a pretty enormous deal i think for any music fan let it alone is. someone just a man yeah Alabama, yeah, you know? yeah totally and that that's perspective you're talking about there i think is something that every time we travel i gain a little bit more of yeah because it's you know matt grew up in florence muscle shoals so yeah. he can probably speak to it even more but you get so used to the idea of yeah and then you go i mean even i've gone to Europe and England with John and uh, you know they say the exact same thing you just did that you know wow to get to work there yeah. to, get to do things there which is a good yeah, reminder yeah. to be appreciative of you know I mean it's up there with places like Abbey Road isn't it I mean in terms of like legendary studios isn't it surely um, well, that's just an know. insane statement to me but there are <laughs> Abbey, that's like I don't know that's true holy ground um, but well, I, I mean you know seriously the Rolling Stones said it you know yeah, I can say that as a British music fan, you know, like obviously I'm I was an obsessive Beatles fan when I grew up. You know, my I mean, we've talked about this on the show before, like my mum was an obsessive Beatles fan. She was from she uh, grew up in Liverpool from about fourteen years old until her mid twenties and saw okay. the Beatles playing in the saw the Beatles playing the cavern and stuff like that. Wow. So you know, yeah. the legendary the the holy ground, the sacred, almost <laughs> Jerusalem like right. wailing wall esque status of right. Abbey Road is kind of like up there for me. But definitely being as um you know, I don't even thing like a niche music for just being a, i'm pretty got broad taste so muscle shells as a as a studio or a spot of being like definitely is in a similar sort of realm for me and i don't think i'm just being a nerd when i say that you know, yeah i, I, I agree with you how I, mean, I think it's yeah. like a i mean it's responsible for some of i mean well not some of i mean a lot yeah. of huge recordings well when you think too about uh, a lot of those guys are still there yeah, you know, uh, the label that we're a part of, Single Lock Records. If you go to like a Single Lock Christmas gathering that we had yeah. last month, you know David Hoods, yeah, hanging by the snacks. Yeah, totally. Donnie Fritz is hanging, which yeah. is you know, you start to say, oh, there's there's Donnie, 
Yeah. And you're like, wait. Yeah. It's just kind of surreal. But, you know, those guys lived their lives like that really until the Muscle Shoals documentary. I think they could go to the grocery store and not be bothered. Sure, yeah. And I mean, people, but it's the whole town says, oh, hey, David. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, they're they're just, they're dudes working a job. The dudes that are really good at their job. Right. Um, There was a blue collar element to what they did as well. Totally. You know, they, I've heard Patterson Hood say he remembers, you know, it was like his dad went to work and took his base case, like somebody else may take their lunch pail. Sure. And yeah. then came back at the end of the day and he had like a vague understanding of where he went. He made music, sure, but yeah. it wasn't like weird to him. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was the job. Which is weird to everybody else. Somebody <laughs> like that, say yeah. that. But, you know, they'd walk in and that's why it became renowned was those guys. Yeah. Totally. Mm pretty incredible um yeah but do you not get was there any sense of being um i mean obviously it's your like it's your hometown i mean you're just just near your hometown as well but was there a sense of nerves you know walking into that studio for studio for the first time feeling like we've really got to we've really got to lay down our best work i mean obviously everyone feels like that when they're kind of trying to do you know doing something new sure. but i mean did you feel an extra pressure in that respect you know just feeling like shit here we are <laughs> those are those guys the legendary dudes are working here right we better be on better be on our a game I, I think so i mean i think probably most of that is just like self-imposed um, we we certainly historically felt like we had a lot to to live up to, but also um, bringing in the producer that we did, um, Tom Schick, who is um, the house engineer at the loft, uh, the Wilco loft in Chicago. Mm. Uh, so he came down to make the record, um, and that was probably for me personally the most nerve wracking thing totally. um, yeah. to, to, yeah. work, to work with someone like him. Uh, and you know, but then you meet the guy and you, and you work with him for a day and it's, <laughs> it goes away quickly. Yeah. 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 You realize, I mean, <laughs> you know, he's, he's a very talented engineer, but you know, he, he's just a guy that wants to hang out and make music. Yeah. And the only reason he's helping you make your record is because he digs your band, you know, and, and he likes what you do. I mean, he certainly doesn't have to come down to Muscle Shoals to, you know, pay his rent or anything like that. Um, well, I'm sure offering him fame and Muscle but yeah, Shoals but did that's not what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, offering him the opportunity to work in a room like that, you know, that was definitely mm. icing on the cake for him. Um, so yeah, I mean, we were definitely at least the first day, you know, a little nervous going in, but I think we all settled in pretty, pretty well. Yeah, uh, Tom and I both is before I moved up there, so. We stayed at a uh, lake house owned by one of the label guys. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the first night, it was kind of late. And Tom is a vegan, used to being in Chicago. Yeah. He was like, you want to get some dinner? I said, well, uh, where, where do you want to go? A, ve- a, ve- a vegan in Alabama. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, and I'm, so, I'm vegetarian, so I'm, so I'm there with him. Yeah, yeah. Vegan is a whole uh, yeah, level that I, yeah. yeah. But uh, so he said, oh, just take me to Taco Bell. Okay. So we go through the Taco Bell line and, you know, this guy is rapidly becoming much easier to hang out with. Sure, yeah. Take me to the Taco Bell. We get bean burritos. Is this the first day? Yeah, it's the first yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. We go back out. And I'm thinking, like, I got a – it's like a 15-minute drive out there and then we got to hang out. And, like, all the other dudes went home. Sure, you yeah. Know? It's like, what are, what are we going to talk about? This guy <laughs> – I mean, he makes Wilco records for a living. Like, what? Yeah. So, but, yeah, no, he was he was great. And he – Started talking about Jeff Tweedy and called him Jeff. It's like that. Yeah, you know, just old Jeff. The, the first name basis. Reading yeah. Taco Bell and talking about it was very strange. Yeah. But did you have a did you have a feeling when you were walking out trying to get food, being like, "What if I can't find any vegan food?" Like, it this totally might, occurred this, to me. This might this might fuck it all. <laughs> like, well, we might you know, be fucked so, before we've even begun. We can't feed the man. Yeah, he's just gonna waste away down here. No, <laughs> yeah. There's those kind of vegans that are very health conscious, you know, and he, I think if you work in music long enough, you're used to eating at midnight pretty yeah. often. And so he, uh, knew how to survive and was yeah. so just like some, eat, some Taco Bell. eating badly. I imagine as well, like is the problem being on tour a lot, you know, you're just like endless service station, gas station stops and like putting yeah. in a cr- cracker barrels, you know, for meat and three or whatever. Yeah. Um, hey, well, 
Watch that Cracker Barrel is good. Man. <laughs> it's good for you. Make you strong. Dude, I'm just I'm just I'm in love with time. Last time I went on a road trip through the south was only in November, and I like drove from New York down to Nashville, and we, I think we stopped like uh, in the space of two days, stopped at four Cracker Barrels, mm. yeah. and mm. then when we got to Nashville, we were, there for, we were there for two days. And I probably had some like very unhot hot chicken and sort of two burgers, and like and that was about it I think maybe and some grits of breakfast one day and then the next day I left to get to Alabama and then just felt grievously ill. Nope, just shut like, it down. So like had like a horrific like stomach virus for a good three weeks. Have, and um, have you asked yourself whether or not that was the goodness of Cracker Barrel? expelling the toxins of new york food from your body that's the real question that's a a take yeah Yeah. i never thought i didn't switch it that way around actually i mean all i remember is getting to birmingham and seeing um glenny my friend glenny brock i was staying with her and her husband i know glenny yeah you know glenny the amazing glenny brock yeah Uh, big big up to glenny and she um, and she said when did you start feeling ill and i was like Around about the moment I crossed over the Alabama border, and she just went and she went, "Oh yes, the old Alabama psychic sickness." Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, brutal. I'll tell you what I want to hear about because y'all got y'all went up to the loft, didn't you? We did. Yeah, we mixed the record in I, Chicago. Yeah, that I, I want to hear about that. Tell me something. I don't just anything. Well, uh, the only way I can describe it is, you know, it's it's just like walking <laughs> into a space that is, for one thing, every musician's dream, but it's also just set up in a way that is in, just perfectly conducive to creativity. Sure. Well, it's um, just piles and piles of gear, right? Yeah, That's just accessible at all I mean, times. It's, yeah. it's organized in such a way, and it's and it's always set up for Tom to come in and press record. Yeah. So anytime that they want to work or, or Jeff Tweedy wants to work, I mean, they, you know, they can walk sure. in and work immediately. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it's just an inspiring place, you know, and, and we we really mix the record up there for for technical reasons. I mean, Tom is, was more comfortable hearing the music there and mixing sure. it there yeah. um, as opposed to like fame where he, his ears aren't as attuned to the room. Um, so we were like, hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it, man. Yeah. I imagine there's a little bit of the, you know, like you said earlier, there's, you know, for him to come down and get to work in fame was the icing on the cake. I imagine for y'all, you were like, yeah, we can, we can manage to yeah. come up to Chicago. Oh, and, yeah. you know. We were all there. Yeah. <laughs> we all hung out. It was three or four days. I can't remember exactly how long, but um, yeah, we spent all of our days in there and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and talking about a, thinking about the pressure of a room in terms of fame just walking into a space that, you know, we all, Wilco is like, you know, the pinnacle of a lot of, sure, yeah, you know, so we all watched that documentary a thousand times. Yeah. I mean, we knew, yeah, this, this is like a legendary Absolutely. space in our minds to walk into. Um, but then to, you know, everybody was super nice. Yeah. So easy to be there. Um, and just the amount, like you said, from idea or inspiration for those guys to working is just so streamlined. Yeah. It's incredible. It's, I guess they've been there 20 years, something like that. Yeah, a long and time. Obviously, these are very creative yeah. people kind of channeling that into creating the perfect space, and that's what you get. Yeah. You're just in, you're just in safe hands, aren't you, basically? Like, when yeah, you're in that totally. Of you, can, you, can, you can just relax. It's like you've got the best brain surgeon in the world when you've got a bit of a headache. You yeah. Know, just like, yeah. like, sure, I'm with the best people here. Exactly. I mean, I, I keep thinking about that and it's like, cause is I mean, obviously fame has time on its side and, and obviously a lot of incredible acts that have come through there, not like kind of legendary performances, but like, that was almost yeah. a very philosophical statement there, P. Well, how, fame, fame has got time uh, on its side. Yeah. Well, it, <laughs> it can be, inter- it, it can be, I'm not sure it be interpreted either way. I'm, 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 I'll allow it to be open. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, did the Rolling Stones record "Time Is on My Side" at Fam? Because then that, you know, <laughs> then that's that like negative. We just yeah, have well. to end the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be that would yeah. be too deep. And drop the mics, all of us yeah. at the same time. Um, but I'm I'm sitting here thinking, you know, it's like obviously all of that music was, you know, these legendary performances at Fame were before all of our time. Right. 
and we you know we grew up kind of hearing the echoes of these things and knowing about it as these legendary performances but like i i you know i wouldn't be in any in fact i would be surprised if it wasn't this way that in another 20 years you can look back and and look at a place like the wilco loft because i mean like you said with the i'm trying to break your heart thing like if you are you know between the ages of 18 and 40 yeah, you pro and and you're a music fan, like a dude with an acoustic guitar. Yeah, like you 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 watched it yeah. multiple times, and like, you know, I mean, that was like a that film was a pretty like formative thing for me, like yeah, to watch absolutely. these dudes, like in such kind of like almost gruesome detail at times. Yeah, go through this process of making this like the record that just like exploded their whole thing, yeah. and it's like you know it's like it's it's early stages holy ground in a way you know it, it, which to me is like almost more exciting than fame it, at, at risk of being whatever like that that thing is really exciting and interesting to me that like that you guys could probably look back and you know even now but in another 10 years and be like that place is only going to become like more embedded as like legendary you know, recording totally. space and creative space. Well, and we, we lucked into a timing where they're opening it up a bit more as a yeah. studio. Um, I don't know what the, the process is to record there, but I know a lot of like real estate. We yeah. love the record they made sure, there. Yeah. Um, Atlas. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, I'm trying to think of other records that I mean Mavis uh, Staples has made her last couple uh, records sure, yeah. there um, serious well, yeah I don't know if y'all are familiar with Joan Shelley she's kind of more like a folky acoustic kind of thing she she made her records there what's interesting about records that get made there that aren't Wilco records I mean Tom is engineering those records usually yeah sure and Jeff t typically is producing them in some way yeah um, so there's definitely a, a partnership between those two um, and I know Tom got some production credit on some of the newer Wilco stuff as well. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that's why. I mean, man, very, very do you cool. Reckon, do you reckon there's any outside chance those Wilco fellas might be like, dudes, come on tour with us? I mean, it's way out there, but, you you know. There's always that chance. Hey, you never know. You really yeah. do. I, I, there's so many things that have happened to me in the past four years. Pretty much every major event in my life I never would have expected. Yeah. So. Uh, I would never say never. So and also, you know, you know them now, so you know you could just ask them to play for whenever you know for whatever major occasions in your own life are coming. Birthday you know, parties, whatever, like, birthday parties, <laughs> yeah, like, Saturday when night. You open, when you open a bar, Saturday night house party, whatever, just be like Jeff, yo Jeff, <laughs> funeral request. Yeah, you should just knock, you should knock him up a few business cards. You know, I'm sure they'd be great for the business. You just you know like Wilco available for you know christenings, weddings, bar mitzvahs, funerals. You that know, could I'm finally sure get them somewhere. That's yeah, right, give them, them the somewhere. break. They're really big in the theater scene, but like you know, they're not not as big in like the wedding band. You know what I mean? Like they're not even in the top fifty wedding bands. Probably. Let's be real. That's where the money is. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Very true. So taking it back a little bit, how did so we you know Peter and I knew Adam from college, and you were also music musically inclined at that time and in bands and mm -hmm. playing around places how did belladere start um can, you know kind of what's the journey of that good question thanks refer to matt to get the, yeah the i mean story started. there there there's like kind of two versions of belladere there's like there was a previous version that made our first record um and that that band and that um record for me were more uh, myself and, and Ben Tanner, who um, plays keyboards with the Alabama Shakes, and uh, I grew up with him and have been friends with him for a long time. Um, he's also an engineer, and you know, we I started writing some songs. We started recording them together. Um, I moved back to Florence around 2011, um, and and we were recording a lot. And you know, I just kind of threw a band together to to flesh out some songs that I'd written. Um, and that is what turned into the first record. Um, and then, you know, bands, they, they usually don't even make records. So <laughs> it's like when you make one, you're like, holy shit, I made a record. Yeah. Uh, and it got released out into the world. Um, so that was an accomplishment in and of itself. And, and the band lineup just changed pretty dramatically after that. Um, 
a lot of those guys were a little bit older. Uh, one had had a couple kids, you know, so their idea of touring was not what mine was at the time. And, um, you know, you know, slowly I kind of pieced together a new band, starting with the drummer Reed Watson, um, and he he Another toured a lot. Yeah, yeah, he toured a lot with us off of that first record, um, and then he was kind of more instrumental in bringing Adam into the band. Um, but I knew Adam, we knew each other from just playing shows around Alabama. I mean, it's such a small community of musicians. Um, and then Adam was more instrumental in bringing our final member Hayden. That's like a pyramid scheme. Yeah. The most yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you like get a larger share of the band for everybody. Tuscaloosa, you bring people, uh, yeah. Tuscaloosa guys just kept showing up and I was like, all right, well, I like the tide, so yeah, that's right. Um, but no, it it was pretty. Um, it, it always felt pretty natural, you know, during that process, and um, it was it was a slow process. But um, and you know, Adam played bass with us at first when he joined the band, and he played bass on Tuscumbia the record. And one of the things that we knew we wanted to do once we made that record was we wanted to shift Adam over to guitar and. Um, because it's it's a guitar record it's a it's a pop guitar kind of record so you know that's why we brought hayden in to play bass and yeah that's i i kind of had forgotten about that because when yeah. i i have realizing now that i did meet you once when y'all came to play uh what's it called uh cmj yeah yeah um, and and you were playing bass at that point and yeah, that was what was like three four years ago probably. almost yeah. something like that yeah um i totally forgot about that that you were playing bass with him yeah, i faked my way on the bass for yeah, yeah. Year. that's right yeah. i love it um so what what is this record in the lineup is this the second or third record what it's is our it? second second record, record. okay yeah. cool yeah so what's going to happen now so you're we've released the record mm-hmm. um you're up here and you were there playing everyone listening by the way we've got a show tomorrow night mm-hmm. at 10 o'clock that's right at mercury lounge that's right Boom, yeah here in New York City. this is next week so it was last thursday night. oh yeah well well you know what that's not important um, yeah. <laughs> um i think i mean it's pretty major you guys are playing at the lincoln center i mean if uh, i take it that means that you're you have you know the new york philharmonic backing you up for this gig just the french horn section they now weren't, they weren't at sound check but i'm sure that they'll be there for the actual show uh, yeah. they're probably just going to swoop in for the gig you know right. those guys don't those, those guys they're don't friends. need to rehearse i mean yeah you know the acoustic in there is pretty solid anyway they're used right. to it they, they know where to put themselves right yeah, you just need to give him the nod, you know. Give him the key and a nod. Yeah. Hey, mate, C, C, C major. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> One, four, five. Yeah. Um, I encourage whoever's listening though to also just go to Mercury Lounge next Thursday night and just yeah. see what happens. Yeah. Just see who's there. I don't yeah. know. You know, maybe someone's right, good. Or, or go and demand Bellator. Yeah. That's right. Just make requests yeah. from the record. Right. See whoever's yeah. playing. Um, what do y'all have a tour planned? I know you're playing Thursday and then headed back home. Well, we're right? snaking our way back home. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, we're going to do DC after the New York show. And then, uh, we're kind of going some weird directions yeah. like North Carolina, Chapel Hill, Chapel Hill Charlotte, yeah. uh, Chapel, Charlotte, Knoxville. Yeah. yeah. Where are you and playing in Knoxville? Knoxville? Yeah. Uh, Barley's. Oh yeah. Barley's Tavern. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, it's from Knoxville. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah, we played one place called the. It's Open a weird Horn room with John. Yeah. But no yeah. offense to Barley's. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of size venues are you guys playing at the moment? I mean, obviously, apart from playing the New York Philharmonic Hall and the Lincoln Center, I mean, apart from that, what sort of size venues are you playing as right. you hit, uh, hit the road at the moment? That's kind of the head trip of uh, playing with a guy like John, who has had, you know, just success that I don't think he can even wrap his mind around at it, at its height. Um, and since he's kind of gone solo, you know, you go from playing, I mean, Lincoln Center is a, we've had that circled on our calendar for a long time. It's like, yeah. hey, this is incredible. Kind of, you know, never thought I would play a room like that. Yeah, totally. But, uh, you know, he plays small theaters and nice clubs and all this kind of thing. And then we go back to, to Bullet Air World or even further into like playing with my stuff and it's like you kind of just slowly work your way back down the yeah, yeah. Well, not even slowly you rapidly uh <laughs> jump several rungs down but it's you know it's everything from 
a space like Mercury Lounge to, you know, we played uh, Druid City Brewing in Tuscaloosa, and it's yeah. literally you're you're set up around the the big uh, the, yeah. brewing the beer, and you know if there's Colso, can I do, Colso? Where's that place we saw that? But we saw a band playing like the back end of some old like redeveloped fire station or something in Birmingham. What was that? Oh, the yeah. firehouse, oh, yeah. yeah. The firehouse. firehouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw that was the donkeys. Of, yeah. The donkeys, yeah. Shout out to the yeah. donkeys. Oh, that yeah, was yeah, a, yeah. That was a, that was a great, they were great, great show. Great it show felt way too big to be there. I don't know how that happened, but yeah, that happened there. Have yeah, you, guys played the, you guys played the firehouse? We have not, but I actually know the guy who owns the firehouse. So, uh, well, so and so does Adam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the guy who owns. The, well, I mean, that guy who owns the firehouse. Yeah. All I would recommend playing there, if only because I remember really enjoying the show. But then I remember being like, "Well, I need the bathroom," and so I said, to "Someone, where's the bathroom?" And went upstairs. So I wandered upstairs, and there's an apartment up there. And I've never before in my life seen a drinks cabinet the size of <laughs> In that dude's place. I remember standing there being like, wow, I'm in someone's apartment suddenly. Obviously, this is where the bathroom is. And I was like, I've never seen this much whiskey in my life. I was yeah. like, I just sort of ogled it for like 15 minutes. And then I remembered <laughs> that I used to go to the bathroom, you know. So, you know, if you fancy a bourbon and playing a show, the firehouse yeah. is the spot to play. <laughs> did, did they take over? I haven't never been there. Did they kind of take the mantle from like, uh, like the, what do you call it? The like cave, cave nine. nine. Is yeah. that the, the new cave nine kind of thing? Yeah, no. I, I mean, I, I don't. Maybe I don't know enough about it to really speak to that. But I feel like it's a little less. Um, um, There's more varied genres than Cape Nine, and it's also yeah, okay. caters to a, an older crowd. Gotcha. You know, Cape Nine. There's a lot, a lot of kids hanging around. All yeah, the time. maybe not kids quite as rowdy. Under fifteen. You know, yeah, kids hanging around. Um, I, I don't think that happens as much there. Yeah. Um, so I'm some Cape Nine, no. me too, man. It was, it was it was an older crowd in the firehouse, if I remember correctly. Yeah. See, Bob, maybe you'll back me up. On that uh, I, I I back you. I back that. Yeah, there was. I mean, I used to. I remember going to Cave Nine when I was. I mean, I was probably fifteen, six. I mean, I, I you know I definitely at least at one time was fifteen because my mom dropped me off there to go see uh, No Price Paid. Um, if you know any of those dudes, Carter Glasscock, Trip Norris. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, the hardcore band, you know, like yeah. of you know that that whole, um, yeah. that whole thing, and uh, I mean that place was like I was always equally as excited as I was terrified, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes the terror maybe grew over the excitement. It was a gnarly place. Yeah. Why was it called Cave? Why was it called Cave Nine? I mean, the firehouse is a pretty self-explanatory name, but where did Cave Nine come from? That's a good question. I have no yeah, clue. I, I'm honestly not sure. <laughs> it, was, I mean, it, it was definitely cavey. Like it was a, it was a kind of grungy, nasty, always sort of wet, nasty little place. But I loved it. I guess it just sort of yeah. like begs begs the question where there'd be no one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You know, at some points in history, at different places. Cave five for sure. Cave, yeah. Cave five. Oh God, rest Cave five. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wonder where Cave ten is now. You know. It could be anywhere. Yeah, probably just could be a cave only has nine lives. You know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it starts over. Cave nine. There's no more caves. It's just back to being cave one. So, so it's, a state, it's a state of mind. The current state of Belladere has gelled, and then when does? How soon after that do does the backing up for John start? Or uh, like when? When kind of did that take? Like. You know, you, you said that you started doing that. Was it after you recorded your record or? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, after. Which was, that was part, a yeah. part of the reason why it took yeah. the, a, a while right. to release. It's, it's a pretty, it's, maybe, I mean, y'all can definitely speak to this more. It seems like a pretty unique scenario to. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, when we uh, made the record, none of us were quote unquote professional musicians at that sure, point. Yeah. I mean that's for me to like only play music or be involved in music things has only been a thing since I started playing with John. Yeah. I and mean, that totally shifted things for me, shifted my life. And totally, I Matt yeah. went out on a bit more of a limb and quit his job and played I mean he can talk about this, played with Dylan LeBlanc for a while. Oh, but, yeah. Uh I mean the it's funny because people have said no you can really tell that they you know they spent all that time with john and we played with donnie fritz for a while and like did all this stuff and they came together and made this 
It's good record as well. Yeah, no, so that's not, not, not the order that it happened. I'm glad yeah. that's the the story. But uh, yeah, yeah, we made it, and uh, I don't know how long it was before we. I mean, I, I left my job in January of 2016 okay. to start playing with Dylan. So I've been jobless for two years somehow. Yeah, Congrats. right on. Congratulations, man. <laughs> Happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I, I just, I, so, like, what's, what is, what was like the play by play of that happening? Like, you know, you're all, you're working jobs and you're like, we're, we're in this band. You know, obviously mm -hmm. you're, you're playing shows out of state from time to time. And doing the thing, like the the band grind, and then because your I guess Belladere was at Single Lock at, at that time, it was doing the record through Single yeah. Lock, and John is a part of Single Lock as well. Yeah. So One do you how to? Yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I know that. Um. So like, what's what's that like? You're sitting there, you're doing your thing, you're you're making the record, and he comes up to you and says, "I'm trying to be my band." you know like yeah i mean it was surprising you know jo john had made a record and this would have been last summer well well summer of 2016 mm -hmm. um it was coming out i think it came out in august of 2016 and um i think he started touring in june of 2016 so uh maybe i found out in like april mm -hmm. yeah of that year um just surprised i mean I, I was not expecting it there was no reason for me i didn't play on the record i had nothing to do with it i yeah. didn't hurt it you know um but he he had a real he had a vision i think that he wanted local guys yeah, yeah. so he could have people that were around and um you know he could at least in some way not have to rely on nashville Sure. Um, which, you know, a lot of the guys that played on his record are Nashville guys. Uh, but he wanted to find guys locally that could um, that could tour with him. And, um, you know, I think he's real focused on family and friends and, and keeping a tight circle to yeah. of people around him. And I think that was important to him. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, it, it, it seems like such a unique thing. I mean, I guess like Conroe Burst did that with – Dawes, but I guess Dawes was also kind of a thing right, right, at, yeah. at the Giant time. Band, yeah. You know, but I don't know. I was just I was thinking about it last night, and I was like, I wonder if I now it couldn't come up with another scenario except for. Wait a minute, now I thought of one. Bob Dylan the band. Well, yeah, that's another one. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> it's, it's exactly. Thanks. Like that. Yeah. yeah. John um, hates Bob Dylan too, so this is this is a great. Uh, beautiful. This is this is excellent. Yeah. Um, I think Bob can probably take it. Yeah, he'll, yeah. he'll be fine. Yeah. Not worried. Also, is this that, is, go ahead. I was just gonna say, is that when you moved to Adam to Florence at that yeah. point in time? Yeah, I mean, I've only made Tuscaloosa. the move in the last. We moved at the end of last summer. Um, so I've only been there technically less than six months. But, yeah. uh, you know, for like years, really, I joined Belvedere in January of 2014. And it's just been a, a slow acceleration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe it's been that long. Well, I, it's easy for me to remember because we, the beloved Tide, we're yeah. playing in the Sugar That's Bowl right. against mm. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah, I was here in New York at that yeah. point in time. And we were getting Not destroyed. Living. And Matt texted me, like he said earlier, we were already friends from the band that I had in Tuscaloosa playing shows up there and then coming down. Was that oh, the coming down. Kalu Kalei days? Kalu Kalei. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he texted me and said, this game sucks. Uh <laughs> What are you doing next weekend? Do you want to come play some bass with Belladere? And I was a Belladere fan for yeah. sure. I mean, I can objectively say I, I love the first record. Had nothing to do with it. Love those songs. Um, but yeah, from that point on, it was, you know, every other weekend driving up there. And then as it accelerated and I tried to balance a job at the same time, just driving back yeah. and forth. And especially the last year and a half, two years. Uh, I definitely slept on couches or in hotel rooms more than my own. Bed. Yeah. So uh, it's it's awesome. It really it all came down to my wife Natalie finding the right job. Yeah. In Florence, which you know we can definitely beat our chest and plug Florence all day and say it's great. Everybody should, should yeah. come hang. But it, it was still a slow process to get 
a job. Sure, yeah. You know, outside a, a conventional job because um, it's still a small town, yeah, a small area. But yeah, so we're up there now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we kind of have a, a somewhat of a, a loose running theme of like of of Alabama on the show here, and um, you know, when when you had moved up there, Adam, and told me about everything that's going on. I mean, I've had people in New York who New Yorkers, like born and raised New Yorkers right. who have never been to Alabama come up and, and talk to me about Florence. Oh, you're from Alabama. Have you ever been to Florence? And my, my brother and sister and my brother-in-law all went to UNA. And so when I was a little kid, I was going to Florence and going to UNA to see them. And like, and in no, in no disrespectful way at all, I just didn't know there was anything going on. I mean, I knew there was the studio up there and I knew the, yeah. The music stuff, I just had no idea that all of this stuff was happening there. Um, Pete, Pete, are you suggesting that Florence in Alabama is maybe more significant than another place, than Cardiff, Alabama? I mean, another place that is well, reflecting another major city from Europe. I will, I will say know. this. Yeah, the Florence, Florence, Alabama is, I, I think it's fair to say, the better of the two Flori. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna say. A, I'm, gonna stick, to, I'm gonna stick to brand here. I don't and just... think we have any Italian listeners, and so I feel super comfortable saying. That. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, was it your? I've just forgotten whose wife it was that was going to um, going to Rome. No, that's Matt. Yeah, that's oh, Matt. Matt. Sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry. So I was just thinking, maybe you know, when you were in Florence, then you had a chance to go to Rome, where you got a chance to go to the other Florence. But obviously, that was the. Uh, I, I unfortunately did not. She else. did. She was. Mm. She what was, what was her take? Yeah. Did she get to Up compare notes? Yeah. Comparing the two. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think she prefers the original. So the one oh, in Alabama, so you know Alabama one. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> you know, there's a, nice. Bit of bit of bit of a side anecdote. There's a um. There's a very specific uh, psych- psychological syndrome which happens to people in Florence and Rome. I don't know if you heard of it. It's called Stendhal syndrome. I think that's what it's called. And basically, what it is is like people are overwhelmed by religious beauty in uh, Florence by yeah. by the art there, right? You know, mm-hmm. by all the frescoes and whatnot. And it's notorious for like people who come from like places which basically aren't as beautiful, right? <laughs> but who have a, but who have a sense of religion about them. And then they go to Florence and they just lose their shit. They just can't deal with it. You know, they're just like, oh my god, this is so beautiful. So my question to you is. Have you ever heard of anyone getting Stendhal syndrome in Florence, Alabama? There's a clinic for it downtown. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. They go see the statue of W.C. Handy, right, right. and they fall apart. Every day, there's just people like sh- shaking and fitting on the floor. <laughs> and they just keep singing uh, Walking in Memphis, the W.C. Handy line. That's Mark right. Song. So, you know. Mm. You know? I knew it. I knew I, yeah, it. I know. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Not so, not so, not so different after all. That's what I was. That's the reason why I brought yeah. that up. You know. See what happens, guys. When you come on the fire escape, you learn things. That's the well, biggest you thing. Know, yeah. Yeah. And, and, My wife will be interested. She's uh, she's getting her graduate degree in uh, studio art. So, oh, nice. Definitely. Well, there you are. De- you definitely, know. definitely up her alley. Well, you know, you know, in our last episode, we were talking about our essential similarities, even though we're so far apart. You know, and um, this is just another. This is a branch of the same conversation in that respect. You know. <laughs> Florence, Rome, right. Florence, Alabama, Cardiff, Alabama. You know all these things. We're all con- everything's connected. That's right. We are all connected. Bama, the the road, all roads lead to Bama. Have you guys? Um, can I just ask? Talk about Europe. Have you guys played Europe yet? Yeah, we had um, Lowland Hum on a couple of weeks back now, and they uh, had just returned from a European tour. And have you guys made it over over the ocean, the great the great water, as they I've, say, big I've water? Been with with John, uh, Belladere has not made the venture yet. Because I was listening to the album and just, I mean, one of the, just for the, you know, you have immediate thoughts when you listen to the music the first time. And I loved it. And it reminded me actually quite a lot of, um, well, actually, obviously, the first thing I thought was definitely sort of really amazing. Lots of sort of West Coast pop stuff, which I thought it was similar yeah, to. But, but also reminded me quite a lot of Teenage Fan Club. Um, I don't know if you know Teenage Fan Club at well, all. Well, um, Matt's heart is glowing right now. <laughs> they're, they're one of my favorites. Yeah, amazing band, right? I mean, I think they're obviously very, um, I think um, they must be very inspired by a lot of that West Coast uh, rock and pop from the For 60s sure. and 70s as yeah. well. But um, yeah, it really reminded me of that. So I just I was just chucking that out there because I thought if you could get yourselves over to the UK, especially for like the summer festival circuit, I'd really encourage it because I think you guys would go down very successfully if well, you can get has, on a uh, boat over here there's been rumblings so 
Uh, oh, we shall yeah. see what happens. Fingers crossed on that. Yeah. That's kind of been the topic yeah. of That's the week. T- yeah, big big topic this week. So we'll see. Get yourself happens. get yourselves to a sunny day at the Glastonbury Festival and I think yeah. you might find yeah. that very fortuitous. Well, we all uh that was even an open discussion making the record about how much we love bands like Teenage Fan Club and even more Brit poppy kind of stuff. Mm. Uh since that was so huge when we were growing up in the nineties. That's what we you know, I mean, even yeah. I don't know if it, if actual British folks are like Oasis, uh, oversaturated <laughs> with Oasis with the Liam and Noel, but I yeah. mean, you know, beat that stuff up. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. I mean, their first two albums, you, you know, I mean, even if they're, they're they're a bunch of massive assholes, those two, there's no arguing. Right. Probably, <laughs> I think they're, they're, yeah. they're hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, even they would probably agree. You yeah, know, but, um, <laughs> but. But yeah, those first two albums. I mean, I for me, I I will listen to definitely maybe now. Um, still, I think what's the story? Morning Glory is also a great album. I, that was the one that really made them huge. But yeah. I I will listen to the first one more. And it's like it's a stone cold classic. I mean, yeah. that is a that's an outstanding piece of songwriting. That album. There's there's definitely a list of uh, me and Matt or Matt connected uh, over like bands like the clientele, folks like that that are yeah. doing great things over there. So. Yeah, totally. When I was in, um, in terms of like the impact of like certain British sounds in the states, I'm always, I'm always really interested um, when you hear them in strange places in America. So I think I mentioned I was in Nashville in November. I was just there for a couple of days because I work with a uh, a guy who's a composer and he does occasional bits of songwriting. And I've been doing some lyrics with him. And, um, but we were down there to meet a couple of people. But we went to I forget what the name of the venue was, but we saw this amazing band. <laughs> but they sounded like sort of British new wave stuff from the early eighties, like you know, like really niche. And I was like, wow, these dudes sound like they're from the UK. I wonder if they're here on tour. And I went up to them afterwards, and I was like, where are you guys from? And this guy was like, Mississippi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was like, sure. Oh, you're from Mississippi, absolutely. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> and he and he sang like Morrissey. You know, he sang with this almost like pitch perfect Northern English accent. But it was it was kind of nuts. That's awesome. <laughs> um, we were so <clears throat> a big part of our conversation with um, with our friends Lowland Hum, who we had a, a week or two ago. Uh, we, we ended up talking about it for a while. So they've got. I, mean, I guess they're was their they're on their fourth record now, and they they've done this thing that i've noticed where they they like very almost strictly play their newest material always like they just and and so we we, i just asked them why i was like you know because y'all's first record was i mean fantastic second record's great all of them are really great and they just they stick to it shows they're playing this newer material and um so we were talking about that a little bit with them and we ended up getting this conversation to like how you know, because all, I mean, all of us here are, are songwriters and, and I think everyone probably has their own relationship to the songs that they write. Um, and I'm curious with y'all, I think it's a, a good example to have or a, a good scenario for this conversation to happen since you, you wrote these songs even longer ago than you recorded them, I, I assume, and, and, you know, recorded the thing three years ago and it's releasing now and, and you're going to be touring these things and, and playing them a lot. Do you, what's your relationship to those tunes now that they're, I mean, you know, they've been around for a while for you, you know, uh, they're obviously, I guess, newer to the listener. Um, but how, how do you find yourself relating to these tunes that they recorded so long ago? Uh, that's a tough question, man. I mean, I think for me, I would, I almost reinterpret them through yeah. my lens now you know like i I, re- I realize a lot of times like like when we were doing like a bio for the record for instance and the guys like asked me a lot of questions about the songs and i'm i'm really looking at them explaining them through the lens of the last two years of my life sure yeah and then i'm like well oh shit <laughs> i wrote them like four years you know like i sat down and wrote the song four years ago um but I mean, that's the thing about songs, you know, I mean, anyone can listen to a song and, and interpret it really not however they want to, but certainly in a personal yeah. way, um, you know, but in terms of the band playing the songs, I feel like there was enough of a break between, and it wasn't a complete break, but you know, the past couple of years we haven't played nearly as many shows as we would have three or four years ago. Yeah. Um, 
kind of going back to the songs and starting to play them again as a band. Um, I feel like right now we're, we're playing most of the songs like better than we, we ever did yeah. before. Cool. Um, and you know, I, that's a positive thing to me. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad in a way that we didn't try to continue to, to play a lot. Cause we would have been playing these songs, you know, yeah. before the record came out like a lot. And, um, I don't know. I think it. I think it kept the material fresh for us when we came back to it. That we didn't run it into the ground. Yeah. You know, during all that time off. Yeah. No. It's, I don't know, that's my take. Adam may have like, you know, he may feel. No, a I think way about that, it or have a different perspective at least. Uh, you know, I mean, we continued to feel good about the record, which I guess is the the test for anything that you make. And if you're immediately proud of it, that's great. But are you still proud to show somebody? Yeah two years later yeah and you know it because of i mean i'm really proud of you know making it with matt and reed and jonathan the the old keyboard player and ben and a guy like tom you know he puts yeah. his his stamp on it you feel like okay we probably this, this probably doesn't suck yeah, you know, yeah we all collectively would call ourselves out so you know you still feel good about it you're proud of it you take that time off and then kind of reassess okay, now these are the dudes that are going to play it live. What bits do we want to grab yeah. from the record and try to, to reimagine it? Then, um, yeah, I mean, I agree with Matt. If we had if we had just immediately played it, you know, 70 times that year or yeah. something, maybe that space wouldn't have been there to sure. get the perspective. Yeah. And it, it helps. He said we're playing them better now than we ever have, and I totally agree. Um, you know, playing with John and playing with Donnie yeah. and getting more studio work. We're just, you get a little better every sure, time, yeah. which is what I'm most thankful for with John. Yeah. You know, you just get to play a lot playing. Yeah. yeah. So I think we can maybe pull things off, even if it's really subtle that we wouldn't have been able to do immediately after the record. Sure. Yeah. 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 No, I, I think I just, I, I find that like, cause obviously, I mean, people, I mean, with any creative thing, whether it's, you know, film or a song or a photograph or painting, whatever it is, obviously, like once it's once it's out there in the world, like people, every, everyone's going to consume it a little differently. And mm-hmm. everyone has their own relationship to this thing that you made, you know, it didn't exist. And then you did something and now it exists. And now these people basically have the, you know, everyone has the, the free uh, free access to this thing to interpret it however they want. So I always I, I get really interested because you know for me like it's almost a song by song thing right like you in songs that i wrote and songs that i'm i'm listening to just like as a listener you know they like some songs will will do different things all the way down the line right and it's why we still listen to beatles records and we still listen to you know a nat king cole record or whatever it is like they it will continue to a really great piece of 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 any creation of any sort of art will do something different almost you know sometimes on a daily basis whatever but i think the relationship from you know creator to created piece is is super interesting and the fact that y'all did them as long ago as you did and then now touring with them um i don't know i think it's cool i think it probably lends for a really great show i mean i i we haven't i guess i haven't said so far um you know the record's great um for everyone listening uh go check the record out for sure it's a great record um, but I, I imagine the live thing is probably really exciting now that because of all the time in between and you kind of, you know, get to digest through some of your own work. Yeah. It's, it's definitely getting honed in. Yeah, for sure. And I think you're talking about not knowing the interesting dynamic of Matt writing the songs, primarily having a pretty strong structure and coming to us and saying like, here's kind of what I'm thinking. And, you know, he kind of, there were a few that he would say, I don't don't really like that song. Everybody else is like, no, it's a good song. You're wrong. You know, to like, (laughs) tell your bud that who isn't Mm -hmm. feeling confident about a song, you're like, no, that's, that's really good. Yeah. Or the opposite, which isn't, hadn't come up with Matt before, but I've definitely like done things that I felt really strongly about. And then everybody's kind of like, yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um. So normally, like, you know, when you have just released a record and you're touring it and stuff, that 
that means like you've just finished it and you're like kind of focused on this but i imagine since it's been like a while you y'all are working on new on like new tracks or something maybe yeah yeah i mean we there we have new new songs recorded i mean i wouldn't call them like done but probably more like demo format Mm -hmm. i mean we have four or five at least yeah that we did and we i mean we play some songs in the set that are even newer than the record yeah um and i I mean i personally me i have tons of stuff i mean just like the phone is full Mm -hmm. you know like either ideas or you know half of a song or a chorus or like whatever yeah i'm I'm picking up some micro expressions that's leading me to believe it's going to be a really heavy black metal record (laughs) is that what we can expect Uh, no that's our that's our uh, bass player side project that's right loggerhead that's right loggerhead that's hilarious it's like pete just has a radar but he's like he can just like sense the subtext of death metal he can can smell it a million miles away i'm like a bloodhound but for death metal there's just there's like a there's a thunder on the horizon in anyone's speech and like pete just sniffs that shit out yes sir we've been uh because we passed through portals, man. <laughs> it's the portals. I spoke to a guy in Nashville, and he was he was talking to all of us. There's just four of us sitting there, and he says, "All right, who's the metal guy?" Yep. Hayden, <laughs> the, bass, the bass player Hayden raised his hand. Yep. It's like, well, that's me. Then, how did you know? And he goes, "Oh, there's one in every band." Yeah, yeah. every band does have like <laughs> Got a to. It doesn't metal matter guy. What genre? Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, like John loves metal. Yeah, John's metal guy. Yeah. If yeah. you want to talk about like. Americana and stuff. Not that he's just a straight up Americana guy, but if you want to talk about acoustic based, you're not really going to get much of a reaction. Yeah. If you want to talk about metal, yeah. What's going? Watch his eyes light up. Yeah. What's going on in the northern Norway? Right. Or northern Norwegian metal scene? Yeah. He's on, huh? It's <laughs> great. But but uh, but a lot of classical musicians are really into metal as well. Interestingly, like people who do a lot of composition because it's you know it's actually a very complicated and like you know fairly ornate form of music at times. Yeah, you know, they're like deeply skilled musicians and rhythmically it's like very complicated. My friend right. Matthew, who I who I mentioned before, went to Nashville. He spends his time composing a lot of like very beautiful string music for film and TV. <laughs> you know and last summer i remember texting him, i was like where you at man and he literally was like i'm at primavera watching slayer yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, sure you are <laughs> and he like, sent me a one minute video of like just an incomprehensible noise oh, you know? oh yeah, <laughs> yes, dude. yeah. it's so going good. on their farewell tour uh, yeah next yeah. Year. Slayer yeah. Is? yeah 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 i saw that yeah. farewell world tour yeah. man brutal exactly just like elton john <laughs> yeah oh yeah well there is something is it, are, they, are they supporting elton you know, they, they probably should do a joint. <laughs> they should, uh, they should the farewell tour. Bands backing up. So I would love to. That would be great. That would yeah, be I'd great. To, I'd love to see Slayer playing Elton tunes and Elton playing Slayer songs. You mean like, kind of like a uh, in their like in a, their respect in their respective styles? You like know? when Billy Joel and Elton would go on on tour together, and they would have like the dueling pianos type. It's thing, like and they Gary can't play their off. songs together. I think that that's a, that's a really really good idea. I'm I mean, can you imagine that? It'd just be absolutely the amazing. Authorities. You know? I'm sure they're listening. Um, They'll get it. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, just to like look up some Slayer lyrics really, lyrics really quickly. I mean, which one do we want? Captor of Sin. I mean, um, Seasons of the Abyss uh, is a classic. Seasons of the Abyss, Hardening of the Arteries. I think uh, that's raining, that's raining blood. Raining blood. <laughs> classics. <laughs> I'm going to look at Hardening of the Arteries and just imagine. Well, you know, <laughs> fear runs wild in the veins of the world. The hate turns the skies jet black. Death mm. is assured in future plans. Why live if there's nothing there? So who is willing to give that a go in the start of Owen John? <laughs> I'm gonna, Ooh, I, I want to leave that order. to I, I want to <laughs> leave that to Sir Elton. You yeah. know, I don't want to. <laughs> first of all, I just don't want to do anything on the show that jeopardizes, uh, you know, the any type of. I don't know. You know undermine their set. You know, I mean? you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's got a great chorus. Sadistic yeah. minds. Sadistic minds delay the death of twisted life. Malicious, malicious world. Yeah, and I bet you that goes perfectly into Candle in the Wind. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah. Like it'll just <laughs> maybe seamlessly. Daniel, maybe yeah. Daniel. 
Yeah, you're yeah. probably right. You know. <laughs> or like Crocodile well, Rock. Uh, I mean, we, we, know, we know that Elton's a Forest Gay podcast. He's probably tuning in and just like tinkling, yeah, yeah. The, iv- tinkling the ivories as we speak. Yeah. We need yeah. not go any further than that. Yeah, leave, yeah, leave, yeah, leave it to the hands of the master. Email yeah. of the demos if, if, if you can clear it. You know, obviously it might not happen because, you know, it's, it's a lot of legal yeah. stuff. But yeah. Yeah, he, he definitely yeah. is sending it to us. We'll describe it to you. Yeah. And as much as we can hear that <laughs> internally, I can definitely hear Slayer doing Candle in the Wind. And thank yeah. God. I mean, that's going to change the face of music. <laughs> in the wind oh yeah oh yeah definitely definitely mm. <laughs> you just god metal dudes that's great well boys we're right at an hour right now and i know y'all gotta get uh gotta get ready for unless is what, there anything else that uh that what, a, what a way what a way to end the episode yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think that's exactly what everyone needs is just like let me just i just need to sit here and kind of ruminate on slayer and elton creating this otherworldly heavenly even uh that's right out heavenly with slayer yeah sure combination it's incredible um yes so i know exactly how to go out on this so john as we said is a huge metal fan yeah since we're talking about slayer he uh bought a christmas sweater that is santa claus on the sleigh and it says slayer under it S-L-E-I-G-H-E-R I like that Beautiful <laughs> That's incredible Yes P- Pretty nice Is it like a just plain like Christmas sweater? There's yeah, no yeah, There's like no Definitely a Christmas sweater Yeah, yeah, yeah. Green Red yeah. White Yeah mm. Pretty nice Gosh I, like I love that. it like um, We need a picture of that that's, that's, We'll put that on the post Everybody yeah. um, we, can, we can get you that for sure. Guys thank you so much for yeah. being here yeah. with us um, Thank you all for having us Firescape yeah, artists yeah, uh, Be thank sure to check out Bell Adair on uh, On you know all of the different Services that, that you there. would do that uh, you, Bell, Is there like a Belladare.com is that a thing Belladaremusic.com Belladaremusic.com yeah. yes, You can also uh, check out uh, Single Lock our label website single, check yeah. out single luck uh, buy some yeah buy if you're if you're into collecting vinyl buy a vinyl and if you live in birmingham and you're into collecting vinyl go to seasick records and buy a vinyl they yeah. got them. that's right they and tell dan what's up from the fire escape uh yeah thank you so much what's your so run down your like social media things uh belladermusic.com most of the handles are Belladere music like instagram and At twitter the- at Belladere yeah, Music, music. Right. yeah, nice, nice. Yes. Uh, we are, of course. Uh, if you have any questions or anything like that, you can get us at firescapepod at gmail dot com. Man, I've been nailing it recently. Yeah, you have. Uh, at firescapepod on Instagram and Twitter. I am at Coulter Levi on Instagram and Twitter. I am at buttermilk underscore Pete uh, on the Instagram, and Howell, as always, remains anonymous. But if you are if you are a child and there is a full moon, the little people, mm. the fairies, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can you will, go. You will, you will you will find me under that full moon. Yes, <laughs> right. Sing, singing singing Slayer songs in the style of Elton John. So there it is. There's the way. breaking the breaking Firescape news. You can find Howl at Instagram at under the full moon with the little people, like a like a candle in the satanic wind. <laughs> You can find Howell at Elton John. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> it's out. Now. All right. We're getting, weird, yep. we're getting weird, guys. We're getting weird. Dudes, thanks so much for, yeah, for coming on and hanging with us today. Awesome. Uh, everyone out there, please go pick up a copy of the record. Listen to it. It's called Discumbia. It is very, very good. Um, T-U-S-C-U-M-B-I-A. So, boom. And, uh, yeah, man. Thanks, dudes. Appreciate y'all. Yeah, and uh, thanks, thanks for doing a good record. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, y'all. Talk to you later. Roll tide. Roll, Roll tide.
are getting shorter and you can feel it in the air yes it's that time of year pumpkin is finally back at duncan it's the cozy you've been craving all summer long now in your cup at duncan pick up all of your pumpkin favorites like the signature pumpkin spice ice latte or a pumpkin ice coffee and bakery items like pumpkin donuts and muffins sip into something comfortable to celebrate the start of cozy season use the duncan app for contactless ordering america runs on duncan Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit and four plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. See T-Mobile.com.